0: Right, welcome back guys I'm um, gonna do a podcast episode this one if you're watching it on YouTube it'll make more sense uh, potentially because we're gonna show some stuff during it if you're listening to this podcast I would recommend um, maybe checking it out on YouTube we are it's gonna be a little bit different um, this podcast we're gonna talk about what was a I've gotten a bunch of questions and the questions have been related to some of the hunts that we've taken Bella on recently. We've posted them as Bella Be Good episodes, cold weather conditions. Um, I've had a lot of questions about the vest that we're using this year. It's a Versa vest. It's made by Moe um, We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I also want to talk about in this podcast just what some of the things that we are concerned with and taking into consideration. And maybe make adjustments to as far as our hunt um, in colder conditions, particularly on water. I don't think it's a, nearly the issue if you're field hunting. Um, I certainly don't think it's an issue upland. Uh, very rarely have I ever seen issues with cold temperatures for upland dogs. Um, they're so active. They're so, they're working. The biggest thing I think you can get I get concerned with there is uh, their paws, protecting their paws. I do see um, if they start getting some snow in there, they start licking it. It starts to turn into ice balls. I've seen issues with feet more than anything, um, as far as temperature wise, when it gets to the cold. The issue comes, I think, when you're getting the dogs wet, um, especially when they're in and out of the water. Um, so, we're going to talk about a few things that we recently had to deal with. Um, we hunted with Bella and Ellie um, on a frozen, flooded timber, uh, about a half inch of ice. Uh, created some real struggles for us. Dogs did really well in it. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. How we handled it. I want to show you before right right when we get going. One of the things we used was this. Uh, it's called an Invisalab. Lab, and so this is what it packs in as. You can pack that in. But I'm going to show you because and it's literally full of duckweed and blood and all sorts of stuff. Because what we ended up doing was we filled our ducks. We filled it up with ducks and dragged it, because it floated, we dragged it across the flooded timber to get it out. So you can see that, I just literally brought it in, so I will be cleaning our basement here. Uh, But I wanna show you how easy this sets up. So when we get into the, it all folds down, when we get into the swamp, so there's this adjustable pole, you flip the the two sides up, the adjustable pole, and then you extend it, and it locks in. And then as you lock it in and stretch it out, there's a flip, a lever there, and you just flip that lever. Now that locks that pole out. So that's extending it that way. Now it's basically a kennel. 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 So now I can use it, so I just, for those who aren't watching, I just told Bella, kennel up. kennel up. And she treats it like a dog hide. Um, something you can use in the field if you want. Um, we have dog hides that are similar to this that we use more for training than anything. They're just basically like a little portable kennel. Um, but one of the things too was they got used to peeking their head out one side and she got real good at starting to watch. Um, as ducks were setting into the decoys I had actually one dog sticking out one end and one dog sticking out the other and they, they we left the flaps down and they just kind of hung their heads out and it concealed them real well. We have also done it this way where we flip both, flip it open completely. But right, Bella come here. Now I'm going to let her out. So. The thing about the water is we had to get them out of the water, we had to get them dry. And so when we bring these and put these legs open, well I'm really going to have to clean them up. These lock in place, these feet go down, and now we've got a real, actually a real solid stand. Get up. Bella, get up. Bella. Bella, get up. Come on. Get up. Get up. No. Come here. Bella. And now we get it so that they're out of the water. And those legs will extend. So they extend probably another foot. So we use this both, every every hunt we've done in that flood of timber we use this. And it's really been the only reason, the only way we can do it. So I'm just going to leave her in there um, for now. But we're going to talk about, so if you, again, if you're listening to the podcast, you might want to watch this one. This is going to be a YouTube one. But, so... The questions that I've had a lot of that came in since we've posted these is, what do you think about vests in general, neoprene vests for the dogs? Um, and I've had a few that are in particular asking about this one, um, and we're going to talk about both. I do think, so I've, I've used neoprene vests with dogs for a long time. Um, the issues that I ran into with some of them are fit. Um, I've had to, and I think they actually some of them tell you to do it. I've actually used scissors and cut the the neoprene um, to fit better on the dog. I've seen it where if they don't fit well, they rub. Um, if they rub in spots, it's just like, you know, it'd be just like wearing a, a pair of shoes that don't fit you and going for a hike. That could get real uncomfortable real quick. Um, so I've trimmed them before. I have had, seen some that are very, very thin neoprene, just a neoprene uh, layer, either Velcroed or zipped up. Um, is it better than nothing? I think so. Now again, the conditions are real important. So when it's wet, you got to remember this is not designed to keep your dog dry. Um, the water—they're going to get wet. The thing about the dog, these these dogs in particular, Labradors, um, a lot of the the waterfall gun dog type dogs, their coats are made to go in and out of the water and not necessarily stay wet. So our dogs in particular, um, at the end of the day, we took the neoprene vest off and it's almost dry underneath. Now she was almost dry outside of it as well. And it's because they have a very oily coat. They have an underlayer. Um, They have an outside layer and an underlayer. That underlayer is almost like an insulation for them. Um, That is what keeps them dry and keeps the moisture from wicking away the heat. What I think the vest does is the vest does a good job of holding body heat in. Um, And when you get into some extreme cold conditions, especially when you're wet and dry, wet and dry, wet and dry, getting in and out of the water, I do think that they're really important to keep the core body temperature of the dog. I think one of the things that I screwed up on, didn't really realize it until until the end of the second day was... We hunted on Saturday when it was ice. And where we hunted and set the stand up, that stand was completely out of the water. It was out of the water by a couple inches. And so the dogs were dry, high and dry when they were out. The next day where we hunted, the water was a little deeper. And I didn't realize it until the very end that the dogs were out of the water at the doors, at the openings where I could see them. But there is some sag in that mesh and they were actually in the water a little bit. And so I think they had some issues with that after a period of time because, you know, dogs lose heat through their pads, so uh, through their feet. So when they're hot in the summer, they're panting and their feet are releasing heat. There's no no hair there and it allows them to release heat out. It also is cold. So when those, because they were in the water, um, the example I have is for Bella, I took her out to take some pictures, and I set her on a log um, that was up out of the water. And she stood there, and she braced herself, and I thought, well, it's just a balance thing. And what I realized was she's trying to balance, and then she just kind of like fell over, just like a tree falling over. She just kind of fell, and I went, whoa. It kind of scared me a little bit. What I think was happening was I think her legs got so cold. I think her muscles got so cold. I think she started to almost cramp up because of the cold. And so by when we would send her for a retrieve, when we get her moving, when we get that blood going, I actually think it was the best thing for her. I didn't realize that her poor little feet were in the water. So um, now the nice part about uh, Sunday, so that Saturday was ice. Sunday we had rain. Saturday into Sunday we had rain, lots of rain. Um, We lost all the ice. It was 50 degrees. So the day before it was 20 so that because they were in the water, I do think that was hard on them because it was water, I think it was a lot easier than the day before when it was thirty degrees cooler, so fifty degrees you know isn't the coldest, it's still pretty cold, and that water was pretty cold, uh well below fifty degrees. but I think one thing i'm I'm was impressed with, I'm happy with is. Uh, the, the ability for the dogs to tolerate some extreme temperatures uh, some tough stuff We posted a video of the dogs breaking ice to make retrieves um, We had rain and wind and lots of elements that created a lot of difficulty on the hunt for them They did excellent. Um, it was a great follow-up if you follow our Bella be good series You'll watch a hunt that we just posted um, from three weeks ago in the exact same spot and it went horribly bad uh, it just went really poorly. We just we did a podcast on it. it. Ben, we got a podcast episode, right? So we did a podcast episode explaining what happened. Well, since that podcast episode, this is when we went back and we hunted again. Went right back in there, uh, prepared a little bit better, brought a second dog, um, did a lot, did some things differently. I went into it with a completely different attitude, which made a huge difference, and we found a ton of success and, and a lot to build off of, but. With the ice, so Saturday's ice, I think the advantage of having the dog wear the vest was literally just breaking ice. Um, It's sharp. And so I think you have to be concerned when you've got ice. It's like glass and it can slice waders. It can slice your hands. It can slice the dogs up pretty good. I do think having the the vest on is an added layer of protection there. Um, It's also obviously an insulating thing. I'm going to talk about the vest in particular because I had a lot of people ask questions about it. And this one is, this, this is made by Momarsh. I bought two of these this year. Um, I've got four dogs. I wasn't going to get four right off the bat. I've had neoprene vests in the past and haven't been completely happy with them. So I, I read about this one. I tried it. It's very different. Um, we did, did we do a podcast or did we do a Bella Be, it was a Bella Be Good episode. We did a Bella Be Good episode when we first put this on her. She had a really hard time with it. Um, not because it's this vest, but just because it's a vest in general. It is difficult for dogs to get used to. I think they have to wear them a while. I think once they get used to it, it's no problem. Um, but you do, ha- you don't want to take them out hunting for the first time they've ever put the vest on. Uh, It's just, it can be too much. Um, It was one of the issues that we had the first time we took Bella hunting and she struggled. We took the vest off. That was one thing we did. It ended up not being enough, but um, the thing about this vest in particular is it's five, I think it's five pieces. Isn't it five pieces? It was five total pieces. There's, it's completely adjustable. And so what what you end up doing is you basically custom fit it to your dog and it's got a ton of adjustment. And what I, I, what I think, you know, I, I said I only got two of them because I've got four dogs. I don't hunt them all together. But what I like to do is I like to have stuff at our cabin up north, and I like to have stuff here that's in my truck. And so what I'll end up probably doing is getting a couple more. I, I like them enough to get a couple more. I'm going to leave a couple at the cabin. I'm going to have a couple in the truck because I'm not going to usually be hunting more than two at a time anyway. So I would like to have two up there and two down here. But what I will do with it, what, what I like about it is, so it zips together and velcros, but the the adjustability on it. So my dogs are about the same size. So I had Ellie wear this. We fitted this for Bella and you can see that's a a lot of adjustment. It actually goes up to about here. So you you can get adjustment about that much on both sides. It adjusts on the corners. This is the part that would rub on the dog. This adjusts, this actually you can have where you can slide this through and you can hide it or you can have it open so i like this because you saw me load her up into the blind there Um, this is a nice handle grab a hold of them in the video i grab a hold of ellie and i pick her up and i help her over a big log when she's breaking ice so it's it's real well built Um, i actually think that the level of thickness on this one the, the quality as far as the neoprene is a lot better than the ones I've had in the past I don't know if it's because I think it's because there's multiple layers because this whole design is to be like Velcroed over the top of each other so by the time you get right here there's about this much velcro there's about this much insulation and they're both layers both layers or this one has three layers because it's got layer a layer and a layer all three layers are neoprene so if you know anything about staying warm um, I've, I've learned over the years, the more layers i put on, even th- the more thin layers I put on, the warmer I stay rather than one big heavy layer. So what I like about this is I've found that some of the vests that I've had in the past are really thin and really ch- kind of cheap, um, cheap neoprene. They're basically the lo- the thickness of this one band here. Because this is designed to overlap, I think it provides much more insulation. I also think it allows for a lot more flexibility. Um, it's just, it's a better design. Uh, I think it's cool. Um, I was a little skeptical when I first started with it. Uh, I, I'm sold on it. I just, I, I don't, I've not seen any, anything better than it. So we'll be getting a couple more for the dogs. We'll still use it this year cause we're going to, um, we're going to do a couple more hunts yet in the next week or two that will be cold. Um, probably in the same area. Um, we might get into some field work as well. I'll put it on them there. I like the idea of um, the camel breakup too for a solid black dog. Um, yellow dogs I don't think are as, it's as big of an issue, but the black dogs, um, I think it breaks up that solid black. They also have some external panels that are white. And I, I picked up those because we were, we were talking about a snow goose hunt for this year, it has a white panel. They also have a blaze orange i don't think i would use this uh for an upland dog my dogs work and are moving and i think the risk typically is overheating i don't have issues with them um, in the cold i think it's something that you could put on the dog quite honestly to go ice fishing in the winter um, i think it's something that it's like an extra layer of insulation for them. um so we'll probably use them throughout the throughout the year um that way but I wanted to talk about them because several questions have come up about just vests in general. What do you do to help or avoid issues when you're hunting in the cold weather? Um, those completely came from some of the videos that we were posting, uh, some of the hunts that we've been on, some of the hunts that we'll continue to be on. And you can see, so this whole podcast, this whole video video blog thing, um, you know, we put we put her in that blind, Uh it's just another place. It's an extension of place training. It's an extension of her kennel command. Uh, she'll stay in there all day. I I could have these all over the house, just like I have our, our place cots, but it obviously takes up a lot more space. So, um, I really like them. I recommend it. I don't recommend getting them and going hunting with them without practicing. Um, we're actually going to, that's Ben's, um, what is that one called? It's called a Vizilab, isn't it? Invisilab. Um, that's Ben's, and he he's had it for his dogs. Um, I used it. I am. We're ordering some. Um, we're gonna order a couple. I've got a couple that are different. They're a different brand. They don't sit on legs. They're just like um, they look like the hut the hut part um, that we use in some of our dove fields, and we use them for training. But I want to start. I'll I'll get a few now for training out of the elevated portion and obviously for getting them out of the water when we're in, when we're in water situations. So really good, um, really good tools that I think are necessary at certain points. I'm not a gadgety trainer. I don't like, I prefer to have less stuff. Um, when possible, I prefer to keep stuff pretty simple all the time, but I do think that something like this is easier than, um, and maybe more versatile than toting in like a platform. I've got a, an old tree stand platform, um, that I've got mounted on a pond for training and it's just, it's all it is, is a, it's a platform from a tree stand, like from a climber and that works for training, but it's a little bit awkward for me to haul it around. Um, it's a little heavy. This is pretty light. It served as, uh, we actually pulled ducks out of this, out of the marsh with it. Um, worked pretty well for that. So just another, just another thing that I do think is important to A, build into training and then B, incorporate into the hunt when necessary. Um, I don't think it's necessary all the time, but when you start getting into mid to late November, like we are now, um, and things are icing up and things are getting cold and we're getting these dogs wet in and out, I think we have to be careful. Um, you know, one person made a comment, I, I had, uh, a Bunch of comments about some of the, some of the hunt footage that we've put out recently. Uh, 99% of it really, really, really positive, And I really appreciate it. Had one person that said something about, um, you know, it's, he said he didn't support what we were showing because he, in his opinion, I was putting my dog at risk. And then he said something about, it's just a duck. And then he said something about, you know, he supports a lot of his stuff. He can't support this. I was offended by that. Um, I was offended by it and, and I tried to answer it back as politely as possible, but I was offended at it because, by it, because a couple of reasons. First off, I'd never put my dogs at risk, not willingly, not open, not, not knowingly. Um, my dogs are part of our family. So we, I would never put them at risk. I think it's, I think it's, um, maybe something that if you don't have experience with duck dogs, if you don't have experience with hunting dogs, um, you'll realize that some of the things that these guys do are really impressive. Uh, they're extremely driven, motivated, dedicated, passionate dogs, just like we are hunters. Um, I said something to the effect of, you know, I think my dog would be insulted by that comment. Uh, and I do think so, because that's what they live for. That's what they've been bred for. They're, you got to remember, the, there's a good podcast out there, it's called um, Hunting Dog Confidential talks about the origins of hunting dogs and it's real. I highly recommend it, but they talk about how these dogs, how these Labradors, how these goldens, how they, all the, all the retriever breeds, all the pointing breeds, they talk about these different styles of dogs, how and why they were developed. They were working tools. They hundred percent were developed to help us in specific situations. These dogs were built for tough conditions. Um, they were their their bodies are their bodies are built for it. Like that coat is designed for it. The way their tail is is designed for it. The way their 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 the hardiness of them is designed for it. Now it, there are limitations, just like there are limitations with people. And so yes, I always think you have to be conscious of that, recognize that, um, and act accordingly. But the conditions we were in were not that. And so I w- I think my dogs would have been a bit insulted by it. I also think that a comment like it's just a duck is a really poor statement. Um, if you're a hunter and you kill something, you better be ready to do whatever you have to do to recover it, to utilize it, to consume it, whatever, whatever it is. You know, if you're trapping, you're utilizing stuff off of those animals. If you are hunting them, you are consuming them. You don't, to me saying it's just a duck um, wasn't a good, wasn't something good. wasn't, it, it, it. it didn't sit well with me. So, um, you know, I think the I, the point of it is, showing it, is I want people to realize how capable these dogs are, how important they are as a conservation tool. I Could we have gone and got those ducks ourselves? Absolutely. Would we have if we didn't have retrievers? Absolutely. I, I also said something to him about in my comment back about having a retriever, training a retriever is part of my commitment as a hunter, part of my commitment as a conservationist. It's also the, my enjoyment. It's the reason I love doing it. So if I, didn't, if I didn't have a dog, I wouldn't go and hunt probably in those conditions because it wouldn't be as fun to me. Um, I think the, the part of the biggest return for me is working these dogs having a chance to let these dogs do what they were built to do, what they would love to do. Uh, they love to do it just like we do. So um, you know, it's it's that was that was something that it bugged me a little bit. I'm over it now, um, but it's important for us, I think, to show you and and give you our thoughts on it because I you can think whatever you want, and I and I don't hold it against the guy, and I don't um, you know, like I said, I'm over it. What I don't want to do is be the person that, you know, if I feel a certain way about something and you bring it up to me, I'll let you know what I think. Um, I'm not necessarily big on sharing my opinion on everything because what does it matter? You know, a lot of that stuff, I think you should make up your own mind. But if someone says something like that, I I am going to respond if I see a need for it. And that, that one I did. So, um... But I, I think the whole idea of this this podcast, the whole idea of this video, is to share with you some of the stuff that we're doing this time of year, why we're doing it, how we're doing it. Um, and hopefully it gives you some insight, gives you some ideas, helps with you if you've had some questions about it. Because clearly some people did have some questions about it. So I hope that helps. Um, that's it. Another podcast. Uh, we've been lacking on the podcast, and I really apologize for that. I think you'll understand when I tell you it's November and we have spent, Ben and I have been in the tree for 17, I think we've got 17 days on stand, 10 dark to dark sits, 10 or more dark to dark sits, haven't killed a deer, that's okay, we are having, we are enjoying it, we love it, it's not about necessarily shooting one, but it would be nice to put a tag on one, but uh, it's taken away a lot of our ability to do stuff like this, it's not that we're not going to do it, it's just this is a really short window of time and I've messaged a few people about that because I've gotten way behind on responding to emails, direct messages, text messages, stuff like that with questions. And it's not that I, it, it, it's not that I won't. It's just, it's going to be delayed a little bit because this is a real short window, this hunting season comes and goes so quickly. And so we are trying to maximize and get the most out of it for our dogs. Um, and I recommend people uh, doing the same it, before you know it, it's done. And then we sit here and think about it for 10 months, so nine months. So um, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to continue to do it for probably the next, hopefully we get another good month or six weeks out of it. So uh, thank you again for your support. We appreciate it greatly. We appreciate your patience. Um, We'll keep doing these. We've got a couple more. Uh, We've got lots of questions to answer on podcasts, and I've just been making a list of them. Um, So we'll continue doing that. But appreciate your support. Please do us a favor. Share it with someone that you think... Might get some value out of it. Leave us a review if there's a review place for it, wherever you're listening to it, and um, share it with someone that you think it might benefit.